In this episode of the ICT Podcast, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about sponsors, charity, PACs, and I got a question on Ask ICT, which I thought was a pretty good topic to discuss, so we'll go ahead and dive into that. Welcome to the Insert Coin Theater Podcast. My name is Tim. Let's get started. Welcome to the spookiest 13th episode of the Insert Coin Theater Podcast. I'm going to go ahead and date this podcast, which I'm not normally doing, but in this case, this is October 14th, and we are rapidly approaching on one of the greatest holidays, in my opinion, Halloween, which should be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to some Halloween parties and spending time with family and friends and also Looking forward to a spooky Halloween night stream since Halloween this year falls on a Wednesday, which is one of my normal stream nights. So it should be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not 100% sure what I'm playing yet. I was actually thinking about playing Bendy and the Ink Machine, which is from Rooster Teeth Productions, Rooster Teeth Games, which should be pretty cool. I got a key while I was at PAX West, and I've been kind of eager to try it and see what it's like. I know Pirate King swears by it and he really loves it. Pirate King's another streamer on Mixer and uh, he's really been enjoying it. It's a horror game. I'm not 100% sure on much of the details really about it, but it does seem like it'll be very, very fun, very interesting game to play. Now, before I dive too headlong into my week, I definitely want to touch base on Call of Duty Black Ops 4, which just came out Friday. So this is, I usually record on Sundays, uh, so two days ago now. So I haven't had a chance to really dive in super deep to give you guys a review yet. So I'll probably do one next week and give you guys a more thorough reading of my feelings on it. So far, it's fun. It is a Call of Duty game. It's very fast paced. I was given a key for the PC version from Mixer, and I think my only gripe about it thus far is that it's PC. And if that makes sense to anybody who plays a lot of shooters, the pacing on PC and console is just very, very different. And I mean, the same thing happens with any BR game as well, such as Fortnite. If you watch PC players, the how quickly they can build on the PC is absurd compared to how quickly they can build stuff on the consoles. And it's the same concept with first person shooters. Shooters are much harder to control on a console and I'm not knocking console players, but it does feel like the pace is a lot more relaxed. It's a little bit slower and just ultimately it makes life a little easier to deal with. I really, really enjoy playing on PC far more than I enjoy, or I'm sorry, on consoles far more than I enjoy playing on PC mainly because I'm getting I'm getting a little older and I'm not saying I'm an old man or anything, but I am getting a little older. And at 30, my reflexes are not what they used to be. And it's harder to keep up with kids playing these super fast paced Twitch shooters. And 
I do okay. I love the Call of Duty games. I've always been a big proponent of playing these shooter games just because they've always been kind of the genre for me. I like the pacing. I like that strategy plays a big role, and I like that one person can turn the tides of a battle in a an eight versus eight kind of match. And I think that's a pretty powerful thing. And that happened a lot in like Halo and things like that. So going way back to being a young in Call of Duty, along with Medal of Honor, were some of my first World War Two shooters. And that those along with like Unreal Tournament 2004, OG Halo, that sort of stuff. I I was hooked, man. I was super duper hooked. And I'll be honest, I just love shooters as a genre. It's my favorite genre. And this year I've played a lot of really cool shooters. And I can safely say that Black Ops 4 is is decent. It's not great so far. It's not amazing, but it is a it, it's a Call of Duty game. There's a lot of grind involved to unlock good weapons and that sort of thing in the regular multiplayer. Blackout may be a different story. I haven't played that yet because I'm not going to play it on PC. I'm going to wait until I get it on Xbox to play it with some friends and actually make an evening of it where we can joke around and have fun and I don't get too salty because I get super salty when I play Battle Royale games. I'm just I'm not an expert and I don't love them. So with that said, I'm looking forward to really digging into more of what Call of Duty has to offer and I will report to you guys next week on my review and my feelings towards it. And you guys can you guys can go from there. I mean, there's probably a lot of you who already have it, but if you're on the fence and you're willing to wait a week, I will have some details for you next week. So, I wanted to touch base on that just so you don't think I'm neglecting it because it is a new release and I'm trying really hard to get my thoughts about new releases out on this podcast even if they're a week or two out of date by the time the game by the time the podcast comes out, it's fine. I like to be to get a thorough feeling. I will play at least 15 minutes of a game because I, I feel like I'm a pretty decent judge of whether I'm I'm personally going to like a game or not within the first 15 minutes. Um, it, when people are like, oh, the game doesn't open up for the first two hours. It's like, eh, maybe not. Now, Assassin's Creed Odyssey may be a different story. Some of you guys may have heard that they say that game doesn't open up until 15 hours in. That's more time than I spend on most games, period. So to hear that is a little off-putting, but the game looks hysterical. And I hear that the progression is actually pretty dang decent, regardless of how much time you put into it. Even even though the story doesn't really open up for 15 hours, the actual gameplay is quite engaging and quite engrossing and worth your time. But I don't know for sure. I haven't played it yet, so that's what I've heard and been told, and that's what I'm kind of hopeful for i'm gonna probably try to get my hands on a key at some point and play it i'm not sure though so anyways that said why don't we actually like dive into the topics at hand the first topic here is really just my my past week it's been a bit of a whirlwind since last week since i did the history of games for bungie chapter five in that time we got a uh, our first official by term anyways sponsorship and that would be with Balls Energy. That's B-A-W-L-S, Balls Guarana. They are an awesome company. Uh, I've been drinking their products since I was pretty young. And yeah, this is a bit of hashtag ad, but it's also kind of me sharing my thoughts of it with you. If you do not listen to the other podcast I'm on, which records on Saturdays and it records live, the Mandatory Social Interaction Show, you can check that out at mandatorysocial.com. 
that is a podcast I do with my buddies, Eric and Ben, and it's always a good time. And we talked at length about it, but I figured I'd go a little bit into it here because I feel like it's worthwhile to discuss. So pretty much what has happened is Balls Grana uh, has decided that they like my content. They like the numbers that I pull and what I do. And so they have agreed to send me products, send me merch and swag uh, in return for some tweets. So it's not a monetary thing. However, what's really nice is they gave me a code for free shipping on orders on shop.balls.com. And if you go there, normally shipping is pretty, pretty hefty, especially considering you're ordering drinks. So these are heavy cans or bottles. So the shipping can get up there. It's like eight, eight bucks or uh, 12 bucks, respectively, something like that. Seven bucks or 12 bucks, respectively, depending on how many cans or bottles you order. If you use the code FUEL at checkout, it knocks that shipping off, which saves you a pretty hefty amount. I mean, comparatively, it's a, it's a nice savings. Uh, free shipping is no joke from a beverage company. So I highly recommend you check it out. Uh, again, hashtag ad, I guess. But I love their products. I've, I've loved them since I was in high school. Uh, I had my first bottle of balls, if I remember correctly, at a LAN party. Of the Sarasota Linux and Gaming Group, or SLAG, which was a group of people who had a forum and hung out and and were friends, and they would hold monthly LAN parties at various game stores or whatever, or even a convention center, uh, and they would have bottles of balls for sale for like two bucks, two fifty, something like that, and then they would have pizza, and you'd pay like a flat rate, and you'd get as much pizza as you could eat, and you would get uh, you could get bottles of balls for like two two fifty. Um, they also had other drinks like sodas and stuff, but I would get a bottle of balls every time I went or two, and it was the most delicious, magical thing I've ever had. And I became hooked. And when they started, when they started selling it at Seven Elevens a while back, which was this was still high school, I I would have one every day before school. Like I loved, I love balls, man. It's a great product. Balls Grana is is fantastic, and it's my favorite caffeinated soda, and it. It blows my mind how tasty it is. And they have different flavors now. They have like the original, which is like a fruity Sprite kind of flavor. And then they have cherry. They have orange. They have ginger ale. They have root beer. And they just have there's some good flavors in there, you know, and then they have a a, like a calorie free version as well. It's like ball zero or something like that. It's it's definitely good stuff. And if you have ever had balls, if you've ever been to QuakeCon, I'm sure you've seen it. Or if you have a fries or a micro center nearby, um, they have it there. And they also tend to carry them at smaller gaming stores. So if you have like a very small gaming store, you'll see them sometimes there. Like there was one local for a while that is now defunct out of business that would carry balls. And I would go I would actually go out of my way and drive all the way to Bradenton to pick up six, seven bottles of balls to last me a while. Uh, They also have them at Rocket Fizz, I guess, or they used to. I don't know if they still do. So if you are familiar with Rocket Fizz, it's like a candy and soda store. They sell a lot of weird candies and beverages and balls is there, too. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, I know it's very advertising, but I just wanted to share my thoughts on it because I love balls and I'm so happy to be partnered with a product I believe in so much and that I love so much. And it's a it's a passion for me. Like, I know that sounds crazy, but like I don't tend to go for sponsorships or partnerships unless 
I'm familiar with the company and I believe in their product. The same thing goes with GamerGoo. I, I partner with them because I believe in their product. Their product is solid. I really enjoy their product. So I am a huge proponent for this product, for this drink. And I think that you should definitely check it out. Uh, if you have not, if you have a fries or a micro center near you, go pick up a bottle. It's so worth it. I, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed if you can't have like high fructose corn syrup or uh, if caffeine bothers you, it may not be the best idea, but overall it's a delicious beverage and it's, it doesn't leave you with as much of a crash as most energy drinks, at least in my experience, there's a lot of other crap in like Red Bull and stuff that really causes me to drag and feel kind of like, like crap after a while. Whereas balls is much closer to like a Coca-Cola kind of traditional soda where it gives you a bit of a caffeine buzz because of the guarana. There's a lot of caffeine in guarana and it really picks you up and doesn't leave you feeling like garbage. So that said, again, I guess that's hashtag ad. I guess that's all an ad, but uh, they do sponsor me again, non-monetarily, but it does give me some cool perks and it hooks you guys up with free shipping, which is awesome. So I just wanted to share the love and share the good news because I'm very excited about this. This is something that I've kind of always wanted and it's uh it's a bit of a dream come true so i thought i'd share my excitement whether you care or not anyways so let's move on over to talking about what else happened this week and one of those things is that i got a pax south media badge what this means for me is that i am officially going to be at pax south hooray so uh, I've ordered my plane tickets. I've arranged for lodging. I'm going to be staying with a couple of friends who have a hotel room there. So it should be pretty amazing. I'm very, very excited to be able to go and spend time with people. It's mainly going to be focused on spending time with the community. So if you're going to be at PAX South, please let me know. I would love to know if you're going to be there. It would be great to meet you. We're going to I'm going to try to plan a bar takeover of some kind one evening and we're going to we're going to like either close a bar down or something or at least go and take over for several hours and hang out and have some drinks, maybe a meal, something like that and and hang out and have a good time. I think it'll be a blast to just chill in person. It'd be really fun to do like karaoke or something. However, that's probably not super popular in San Antonio, so I'm not sure. I I have to kind of figure out what the expectations and what the offerings are in the area. But that said, I'm very, very excited. I think it's going to be a great time. We're going to spend some time hanging out. Uh, I don't know what the media badge entails for me. I haven't gotten any emails or anything that say, hey, you should come and check out our game or anything like that. But I'm hoping that some of that stuff will come through. It'd be really nice. And maybe if there's a couple parties I can squeak over to, that'd be nice as well. It was a a bit of a stressful time at PAX West, so I'm going to try to take it a little easier. A lesson learned for me from PAX West was that it was just... I did too much. I planned too much. And that really screwed me up in a lot of ways. It was. It almost took away from the fun to be darting from place to place, trying to get to appointments or being stuck in line to get into the convention center to make an appointment and then missing it altogether. It was it was very frustrating in that regard. And the meetings weren't bad and they were actually really cool. But it was unfortunate that I had to kind of sprint and I was just. I was frazzled and overwhelmed. I did so much stuff and it'll be nice to be able to kind of take a step back and slow down a bit. And that's kind of what I'm aiming to do is just to relax and really it's not going to be vacation. It's still going to be quote unquote work because I'm going to be hustling my butt off to make some connections. But ooh, that was my my watch. I'm going to meet that real quick. Sorry. Um, But that said, 
I'm, I'm going to try really, really hard to make sure that I'm not overdoing it and that I'm enjoying myself a little more. And I had fun. It was great to spend time with Savior and uh, Zay and my boomstick and Mimi and Pirate King and just all all the crew. But there were so many partners at PAX West that it was I felt. I felt like a small fish in a big pond, you know, like someone's fishing. They're not going to go for the tiny little fish. They're going to throw it back. They're gunning for the big fish, the fish with, you know, 50K, 100K followers and tons of viewership. And comparatively, like I'm not uh, ICT is not a tiny channel. I'm not a small content creator. I'm not huge and I'm not big. I would say I'm in that medium category, which I'm okay with. And I'm glad that it's growing. And, you know, someday we'll we'll get out of the, the medium category. But regardless, it's it's nice because South seems like the medium pond so i'm hopeful that being medium sized in terms of viewership followership and all that stuff and 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 reach will pay off in the long run i'm kind of hopeful that i'm kind of hopeful that it'll it'll pan out in that regard that it'll be a medium fish in a medium pond so that i'll have more advantages and and the opportunity to really get my hands on at least some connections to make some new friends. Cause I, I love meeting new people in the industry and I've had the honor of meeting some of the folks at rooster teeth. When I was at PAX West, I met the Ooblets devs um, over at the uh, double fine booth at PAX West. And I, I met some really, really cool people there. And it was, it was legitimately an honor to meet all the folks that I met and I'm excited to get, get some actual connection and form some bonds with people in the in the sense that it would be nice to have friends that are involved in gaming and not just content creation if that makes sense it's interesting because being a content creator you meet a lot of other content creators and i've got a lot of great friends that i've made through that but we share the same struggles it it'd be nice to find folks from the game industry who have a completely different set of priorities and struggles and to just kind of learn how that works. And I'm doing the same with uh, the folks I met at like Rooster Teeth. I follow them on Twitter and like, it's interesting to see their struggles trying to get things from a community management perspective or a community uh, engagement perspective or things like that. It's just, it's really cool to see a different side of the industry if that makes sense, the challenges that they are posed are so different, so vastly different from mine. I kind of, I don't know. It's not tired's a strong word, but I, I get kind of weary, I guess is what I'm looking for of hearing the same struggles of the people that I'm with. And it's nice to have people to commiserate with. Don't get me wrong, but it's also nice to see challenges that people face from other facets of the industry because of how vast and how wide and how deep this industry goes and just how fascinating that it is to see people overcome obstacles that aren't related to viewership or, or content or that sort of stuff. I think it's just, I think it'll be great. I know I'm kind of babbling there, but I think that's kind of what I'm craving is just having different views into the industry that I've never had. And I'm not saying I want to like make friends with people and then milk them for all their worth type thing. I want to make friends with these people. So, and make connections with these people so that I can understand 
what they have to go through and and just see how the industry is from that angle because it gives me a deeper appreciation for the industry cuz I'm a bit of a critic and I'm I might not be as outspoken or as well spoken as say Jim Sterling or anything like that but I can safely say that I am a bit of a critic and without having that insight and that viewpoint into the industry it's a bit harder to be critical of games as a whole and to have a viewpoint that really matters or is valid and that's kind of what i want i i like to pride myself on having a pretty pretty good knowledge of gaming in general whether it be the games themselves or the industry or the developers or the companies publishers what have you but it's still very difficult to have a very well-founded and well-spoken opinion without having insight into the industry that said so i've covered i've covered ball sponsorship i've covered um Pack South. So those two things happening this week. Also, I did the All Hallows Eve charity Scarathon, which is actually still ongoing at the time of this recording, which raises money for Gamers Outreach. And Gamers Outreach is a fantastic charity, kind of similar to how Extra Life works. They they don't go directly to Children's Miracle Network hospitals. They actually put game consoles and systems into hospitals for kids to play. So it's a little different in that regard, but it is still kids and it is still hospitals. So that said, Gamers Outreach is a great, great thing. And so what the All Hallows Eve charity scarathon is, is it is a bunch of streamers on both Twitch and Mixer who play games for 72 hours straight uh, in a relay, of course. So it's not like I played 72 hours of games. It was a relay. I did a three hour chunk to raise funds for gamers outreach. We get scared. People can donate. Uh, and it's a blast. We get, we get spooked. We scream, we, we shout, we lose our marbles and it was a great time. It was a ton of fun in the three hour block. I did, we raised 190 bucks, which is mind blowing. And I appreciate everybody who donated during my, my block. It was freaking fantastic. That's pretty, pretty dang good. That's more than I make, uh, in, hour that's more than i make hourly at my job so i can't complain i think that's pretty dang good to get that much value out of my three hours for charity so thanks guys i appreciate it the support was unreal and i i got pied in the face uh, recce slapped a whipped cream pie in my face and i smashed an egg over my head it was pretty dope and everybody seemed to enjoy it. So that's all that matters. You know, it was a ton of fun and had a blast. And I'm, I'm glad I got to do it. I played Fatal Frame 2 Crimson Butterfly on the PS2, which that game is horrifying. That is a super spooky game. Yo, that game is super spooky. Uh, I, I don't even want to think about it. I had nightmares. So uh, I still had nightmares last night. And I, I did this on Friday, which was two days ago at this point. That said. It was fun and it was very worthwhile and I'm glad that I did it and I appreciate the folks who organized it. So Ravenheart, uh, I am Brandon and Rocket Bear. I appreciate them uh, greatly for organizing it and putting it all together because it was a huge success. As of this recording, we've raised over twenty three thousand dollars USD, which is insane. That's a huge, huge, huge milestone. And they're not even done yet. They go until I think midnight tonight. So. That said, if uh, if you missed it, it goes on every year and it is a totally worthwhile thing and it, it raises money for a great cause. And I had a real blast with it. It was super fun. So I hope I get a chance to do it next year. Excuse me. I just yawned. This is my deal today. I'm just falling apart. 
but it was it was definitely an honor to be a part of it. I had a really really good time, and I'm I'm hopeful for next year. I hope I get a chance to do it and raise even more money for charity. I think that would be dope. Okay, now let's jump into the final half of this spiel. So I've covered the week. The week was busy but awesome. A lot of great things happen. So I had an Ask ICT. And what I do is I I tend to post out on Twitter. And I'm going to do this again this upcoming week as well. So if you have any questions, please go onto Twitter and drop me a line there or uh, shoot me a DM on Discord insert coin theater hashtag six nine six nine on discord or insert coin Tim on Twitter. Shoot me a message. Let me know what your question is or post on the actual thread, but please uh, feel free to ask any questions that you may have. I'd love to try to answer them the best I can. It can be any question at all, kind of like an AMA and I'll do my best to answer. But uh, so this question that I got, uh, I'm going to keep the, 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 the asker anonymous in this, in this case, I'm sure you could figure it out if you really wanted, but Uh, So the message I got was, I have a question for you, Tim. Do you play your games on stream for yourself or for validation towards other big streamers? I've been seeing streamers big and small only playing games just to get a streamer's attention and to make them feel proud of them, like a serious notice me senpai. And then it makes them very depressed because they're not getting the attention that they wanted. It feels like the streamer that I am referencing doesn't put their heart into it anymore. Well, that's interesting. That is an interesting question. So I can safely say that I don't play, I don't stream or play anything for anybody's validation outside of my community. I play what I play because I want to play it. Um, my community is really important to me in my decision-making process, but generally speaking, they don't influence me beyond stopping playing a game if they're not enjoying it, if that makes sense. So if I'm playing a game such as, Let's just say Star Wars Battlefront 2 and my community is like, man, this game is is getting tiring. We're tired of this game. I'm not enjoying it. And I, I feel the vibe is pretty much that people aren't having fun. They're not enjoying themselves. Um, I will generally uh, switch games and that's that's typical, but it's always games that I want to play. Like if I fire up Battlefront 2, I'm playing it because I want to play it. One of the things that's really, really crucial to making good content and making a good stream is playing what you want to play. And this is where the trap of single player games, single game streamers comes in, because at some point you get tired of the game. And I've noticed this amongst some of the bigger streamers in uh, a variety of stuff, uh, if that makes sense, in a variety of spheres. So Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, you name it, where they play the game and they continue to play it just because it brings numbers, it gets viewers, it gets follows, and they look bored as sin. They're not enjoying it. They're not having fun with what they're doing. And it's such a critical piece is enjoying yourself and liking what you do. You can never succeed long term if you hate what you do. People feed off of your energy and your excitement, and it's really crucial that you enjoy what you're doing. So play the games you want to play, but do it for yourself. Don't do it for anyone else. And I know that sounds really cheesy, like 1980s PSA cheesy, but it's true. The only way that you're going to get anywhere in streaming is by having fun. The growth is always slow, especially if you're a variety gamer. I mean, I I know firsthand how slow it can be 
If you look at my last five streams, I've gained maybe 10 followers per, but I average decent numbers and I'm not going to complain because I love my community and my community seems to respond really well to my content. And that's the important thing is my community likes it. Build your community based on what you want it to be. Play the games you want to play and don't force yourself just because of numbers. Because when you play one game just for numbers, those numbers are transient. The minute you change games, they may not come back unless the game is almost identical to the previous one. So, for example, Fortnite to Blackout or PUBG to Blackout. You're looking at changing a BR for a BR. You'll probably retain a good chunk of the audience. However, you're playing another BR game with limited maps, limited variety, and only so much that you can eke out of it before you get bored with it. It's part of it's part of a conundrum that I've kind of been puzzling over for a long time with BR games is that they seem to suck the life out of the streamers that play them. And I know I'm, I'm being a little hyperbolic. I'm being a little extreme here. But I, if you know me, you know my content. I have no major love for Battle Royale games. I'm not a huge fan. I feel like they, they make for poor content. It's hard to make really good content with them. And there are people that do them. Uh, if if you look at uh, my buddy, my boomstick, he does a great job. He's very entertaining. However, he also plays other games on top of it because he actually genuinely likes Fortnite and it shows he has fun with it. There are other streamers that I've seen and I'm not trying to call out names. I'm not trying to subtweet anyone here, but it's really important for them to enjoy what they're doing because when you go into their their channel, they look bored or they're looking at their phones or they're. They're letting other players carry them and they're not even focusing on the game. And it's just it's a pain, man. It's really, really painful to watch. So I think it's really important. Mystery asker that the person in question should enjoy what they're doing. And I'm I'm not the only voice that they should listen to. But in my from my where I'm sitting, they definitely you definitely should focus on making content that you're proud of and that you can have fun with because if you're just trying to get other people's attention you're in it for the wrong reasons yeah there's a little bit of nepotism or narcissism involved in streaming you've got to kind of crave a little bit of attention right i mean that's any entertainment field whether you be a comedian or an actor or a live streamer or a podcaster there's a little bit of that craving for people's approval and attention but if you're doing what you're doing for the attention and approval of one other streamer, uh, that seems kind of counterproductive. Your focus should be on your community and making them happy and on your content, not on other people's content, not on what other people, what other streamers think of you. Think of streaming a bit like high school. There's a lot of clicks. There's a lot of cool tables and you've just got to kind of, Find your way through without relying on ending up at any of those tables. It's kind of how I went through high school. I was friends with everybody because I don't want to be bound by a table. I want to be able to do what I want to do and have fun with it and still have fun with those people. Like if if certain aspects of the Mixer community, certain uh, streamers said, hey, do you want to do duos with me on Fortnite? I would probably agree as long as, you know, granted, I like their content and I have fun with them and watching them. But I would agree, even though I don't like Fortnite, there are still times that I would be willing to try the game because of the people that I'd be trying it with. But I don't play Fortnite, not because I want the approval of Fortnite haters or not because, I, you know, and I, I, it's not like I go and play it just so I can get 
say, you know, my boomsticks approval or Jared FPS's approval. I do it because I want to be able to get, I want to be able to grow my community. If that makes sense. My community is happy based on my enjoyment of the games because they can engage in that engagement through chat. They can joke, they can have fun. And half of the fun is our banter back and forth. And if I'm not having fun with the game, it shows. And I've had a recent experience with that where the game was not fun and I didn't enjoy myself. And I actually got really angry and upset during the stream. And it was not fun for me. It wasn't fun for my community. And once I switched games, it got it got better. But it was still a bit of a, a downer. So it's really important that you're having fun with what you, what you do and you're being very choosy with what you pick based on your community's vibe and your own preference. So please... Focus on your content and your community rather than what other streamers think of you. It's really important. Don't play the popularity game. It will bite you in the butt because then you make enemies. People argue with you all the time. People call you out. You get subtweet. It's It gets nasty. It gets very catty and it gets very gross. And I mean, I've seen this all over Twitter recently. There's been a lot of negativity flying around and there's been partners, partners actually like outright arguing with other partners and more or less name calling each other and things like that. And it's, it's petty and it's gross and it's not a place that I want to be. I think that kind of wraps up where I'm at. (laughs) It's been a crazy week. So I appreciate you guys hanging out with me and we definitely, definitely will talk about black ops Ford next week. So I look forward to that. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with me. The ICT podcast is written and produced by me, Tim Hosey. Insert Coin Theater is more than a podcast. It's also live streams four days a week at Mixer.com slash Insert Coin Theater. But above that, it's also a vibrant and inclusive community on Discord at discord.gg slash ICT. If you'd like to support my efforts monetarily and help my content creation efforts become a full-time gig, please consider pledging on the new Insert Coin Theater Patreon page at patreon.com slash ICT. I'd like to give a huge thanks to Andy B, our Arcade Master level supporter, and our three other Patreon supporters for helping keep this podcast alive and kicking. If you're unable to support monetarily, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. The positive reviews will help bring new listeners to the podcast and will help the show grow in a meaningful way. If you have any... Wow. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or wish to connect with me, please visit me on Twitter at twitter.com slash insertcointim, on Facebook at fb.com slash insertcointheater, or on Instagram at instagram.com slash insertcointheater. My DMs on Discord are always open, and you can reach me there by DMing insertcointheater hashtag 6969. And for those wondering, I do record this every single time. It's not pre-recorded, so... You should listen for little Easter eggs like this. Hey, anyways. So the ICT podcast intro and outro song you're hearing now is created by the supremely talented Ben Burns, also known as Abstraction. You can check out his music at abstractionmusic.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.